Welcome to the Life in Deep Ellen podcast, exploring the sacred in art, faith, and community. All right, The Unexpected Neighbor. Great series that we've been in the last few weeks. Did that video, did the language of that video sound familiar to some of you who, who know Life in Deep Ellum? Being a community center, a church, welcoming unexpected neighbors. Let's hear a word from the Gospel of Luke about a banquet and who was invited to this special banquet. I'm going to be in Luke chapter 14, verse 16. Verse 15 first. When one of the dinner guests heard Jesus' remarks, he said to Jesus, happy are those who will feast in God's kingdom. Jesus replied, a certain man hosted a large dinner and invited many people. When it was time for the dinner to begin, he sent his servant to tell the invited guests, come, the dinner is now ready. One by one, they all began to make excuses. The first one told him, I bought a farm and must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I bought, I bought five teams of oxen and I'm going to check on them. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. When he returned, the servant reported these excuses to his master. The master of the house became angry and said to his servant, go quickly to the city streets, the busy ones and the side streets, and bring the poor, disabled, blind, and lame. The servant said, master, your instructions have been followed and there is still room. The master said to the servant, go to the highways and back alleys and urge people to come in so that my house will be filled. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will taste my dinner. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Have you ever been invited to a wedding and wondered who you're going to be seated next to at the reception? Or do you remember, I see, I hear a yes back there. Or do you remember planning your wedding and really fretting over who you were going to seat together? Would Uncle Jimmy do well with Aunt Teresa, even though they divorced years ago, <laughs> right? There are dynamics you might remember worrying about, or maybe a party that you had, or a conference you were going to attend. Who were you going to be seated next to? And hopefully, it was someone you know. Most of us would prefer to not be too surprised by unexpected guests at the table that we don't know. And if we have this comfort zone with wedding receptions, we definitely have it in other areas of our life. We prefer to stick to what we know and who we know. Before we know it, our faith life too becomes influenced by our comfort zone more than Christ himself. And this isn't about feeling guilty or ashamed. It's just part of what we do as humans. We like to explore faith with people that we know, become friends with people that we know, and sit at the table of God beside other people that we know. But we all remember 
or we could take time to remember when someone took the chance to get to know us. Do you remember a time like that? We all remember those times we were first unknown to a community or a friend group or a spouse. Someone had to say hello, ask how we were, invite us to that thing even though it was last minute because they really wanted to spend time with us. Being known at all is an act of grace. Frederick Buechner says this, the grace of God means something like this. Here is your life. You might never have been, but you are, because the party wouldn't be complete without you. The grace of being invited to God's party. And so this story of a banquet of a master and a servant, it's really a complex metaphor for God's kingdom and who gets to be invited. You see, God is the party planner, not us. And the banquet of God is a celebration that we don't get to plan. We only get to attend with joy. This is good news, though, because if God's house was managed by us alone, if we were saddled with all the responsibility and power, we would feel overwhelmed. Instead, God asks us to surrender that power and just show up to the party and invite someone else who may be unexpected. God created us to participate in the kingdom of God, to dwell in the house of the Lord, to be guests of a bigger banquet that we do not control. But not controlling something is rather hard, don't you think? Um, we might want to control the guest list to God's table. We might feel uncomfortable with the fact that we can't control the behavior of the other attendees. We might want to have influence and say on who gets to sit where. And yet, the servant in this story is told to go out into the streets and invite those who have been marginalized, for it in fact is them that God wants to seek first. You've also probably had that moment, though, at a wedding or a conference or the hibachi grill table reservation where you do get seated by someone unexpectedly. And lo and behold, sometimes, remember it with me, sometimes something miraculous happens. You strike up a conversation. The unknown starts to get less scary as you know someone new. I'm watching this show called Shrinking on Apple TV, and there is a character in it who is so annoyed every time a barista asks him about his day. He does not want connection with someone different. He just wants an expected interaction. He says, why can't he just fix my coffee? And day by day, the barista asks him about his day, and 
cycle continues. He gets annoyed with this small talk. But one day he is challenged to tell the barista about his day. And they end up bonding over their shared hatred of oat milk. This is, this is a silly example of a silly connection, but what isn't so silly is all the times we too expect a transactional interaction and we choose comfort over connection. We choose what we know over the vulnerability of being known by someone else. Maybe sharing something about ourselves that feels vulnerable been more vulnerable than the fact that you hate oat milk. So how does all this apply to life and faith and church? Who's invited to this banquet we're part of here at Life in Deep Ellum? Well, for starters, this building we are in now is the house of the Lord. Now you, you may say, well, sure, I know that that's a phrase we might use sometimes. But no, I'm very serious about it. This whole building belongs to God. It is God's house. It's not our building. It's not your building, it's not my building. And even though I do really marvel at the vast increase of property value over the past 15 years, because I get those reports, and it's, it's wild to look at. I think that this building's value to God has never changed. Humans may value this land more, but God has always valued this property. And God gets to control the guest list of who comes to our party. You hear that? not up to us to control. So it's time to begin to expect the unexpected. This is hard. This way of doing church that she described in the video and that, that we try to practice here, it's not easy. The unexpected will knock on your door and ask for tech help or a cold glass of water or the bathroom needs, the restroom needs to be cleaned. We don't know what the unexpected neighbor will always ask of us. But it's always worth it to choose hospitality. Always worth it to open our doors. I chose this video. Some of you might know this concept of life in Deep Ellum, but some of you are new to life in Deep Ellum, and you may have not seen church done this way before. And so my, my hope today is that we can take time to reconnect to God's mission for life in Deep Ellum and get excited again about furthering that mission. Because every room, every part of this house is filled with holy possibilities. Carrie and I do use the metaphor of a house often to talk about Lyde, and it's a helpful metaphor. And sometimes we joke that Mocha, our coffee shop, is our living room. 
And the Umbrella Gallery is our art room. The workspace is our home office, work from home. There are different rooms, but never forget that it's all one house. One house where all are welcome. And if you feel called, which some, some of us will, to spend time in one room of Lied more than, in, uh, more than another, you might feel more called to hang out in Mocha. You might feel more called to invest in the Umbrella Gallery. You might feel more called to spend time with the kids. You will, you will find comfort in one room here. But I encourage you, to occasionally dare to visit another room in God's house and encounter someone unexpected, something out of your routine. The more we integrate these ministries of life in Deep Elm, the more God's spirit will flow with ease between them, not as fragmented projects, but as one mission that we share. Jesus is calling us to welcome unexpected neighbors to this special place and even dare to go out to the alleys and highways to seek out people who are thirsty for water and God and community, not with a pretentious spirit of conversion, but with a genuine spirit of hospitality, a spirit that says, I want to know you. I think my life would be better if I knew you, an invitation to experience God's love, an invitation that we've all received at one point and now one that we can give to others. Loving unexpected neighbors means that we have to first see our neighbors. We must see them the way that God sees them. And this is what sets us apart from just a nonprofit or a small business. Because you see, we are in the business of holy seeing, holy vision. We're not concerned with the bottom dollar or with rising property value. We're concerned with seeing the dignity of God's creation and building a community together. That's our first priority, to see our neighbors. Another great quote from Frederick Buechner is this, if we are to love our neighbors before anything else, we must see our neighbors with our imagination as well as our eyes. That is to say like artists, we, might, we must not just see their faces, but the life behind and within their faces. Here it is love that is the frame we see them in. Have you ever been seen through the frame of love? Maybe someone that loves you a lot, you can tell when they look at you, they're not just looking at you like they look at everyone else. They see you in a frame of love. And it's this frame that God asks us to see the world in. Frame of love. Jesus has invited you to the banquet. 
because the party wasn't complete without you. And it's not complete until everyone sits down to feast at God's table. There is a special name set at the table and it has your name on it. And it has names of people that you've never met before. But God knows that you will meet one day. You don't have to call and make a reservation for this table. Because God knows you and has already prepared the way. In giving of the life of Jesus Christ, God has prepared the way of love for us. We have to just show up to the party we didn't even have to plan. And still excuses sometimes arise. I just got married, I can't come, was one of the, was one of the excuses listed in the story. But there are other excuses too. I'm too busy. I don't know, work is really full right now. It doesn't make sense for me to show up right now. And this isn't to judge your excuses. We'll all have different excuses for avoiding this life-changing invitation. But just notice when those excuses rise up and see if can move past them and come and sit down at the table where God is, is ready for you. We also don't come to the banquet of God's kingdom just for what we're going to get out of it. We don't come for the party favors. We don't come just to get into heaven. We don't come to the party to look better than everyone else. We don't come to the party of God for fancy decorations or a fun photo booth or to post on Instagram later that we attended the banquet of God. We, we don't even really get a lot of party favors. I hate to break it to you. But we will be known in God's kingdom and that's a gift that's much more valuable. We don't come for anything that's transactional. We come because we are hungry for God's love and salvation. And we come to the table because there is still room, as the scripture said. I'm going to read that one more time. The servant goes out and invites a lot of more people to the party. And then, then the servant says this, Master, your instructions have been followed and there is still room. That's God's kingdom. There is still room. There will always be room. We don't have to shove and fight to make room because there is always room at God's table. But you do have to be brave enough to sit down at God's table 
to risk the unknown, to welcome the unexpected. Because you might just find that miracles happen. You might just find that you're not alone. You might just find that this table is a place where you can be fully yourself and be seen. And that, my friends, might just change the world. One banquet at a time.